Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Celebrate this great event. We're reading from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through to 26, which says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Today we're going to celebrate, but it is a private celebration. Let us celebrate the death of our Lord, a death that was necessary so that you and me could be saved from the horrific curse that we had inherited simply because we are descendants of Adam. Come with me to Calvary and let us recreate the event of his death. Pilate had literally just turned him over to the soldiers, smartly dressed. In a flash, someone grabbed his arm and shoved him into open space where they pulled his clothes off while shouting at him, Call yourself a king? Well, we will see, Mr. King. One of them rushed up with this weird thing in his hands, something with thorns and prickles knitted together. He said something mocking and slammed that thing on Jesus' head. It was a crown of thorns. Horrible. As you watched the blood from his head dripping down. And meanwhile, the others were screaming obscenities and mockery. And then they tied his hand to a wooden pole in an open area, forced him to kneel down, and they whipped him against his naked torso. I lost count of the many lashes, but each lash brutally ripped out chunks of his flesh. And all of this time, they were jeering him and mocking him. Then they untied the rope and brought a wooden cross, crudely put together, and told him to carry it on his bleeding back, and they led him outside and up this winding hill. People lined the roots, some shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! While others, mainly women, they just wept. They hollered and they begged for mercy, but that did not help. Then they got to a point where he could barely walk with the heavy cross against the bare and lacerated body and the dried blood over his face. He looked terrible and you felt nothing but sorrow. Why are they doing this to this innocent man? In the crowd you could see a cluster of women huddled together and one of them kept on saying, My son, my son, while the others consoled her. It was Mary the mother of Jesus. You would think it was an act of kindness, but without question, they plucked out this big and brawny man out of the crowd and ordered him to help Jesus carry the cross. He looked surprised at first, but he obliged. It was heavy, but he did it with quiet dignity. Then they got to the top of the hill and they slammed the cross down on the ground and threw Jesus on top of the cross. You could only imagine the contrasting sounds of the crowd, one set jeering and shouting, crucify him, crucify him, while the smaller section wailed and hollered ever so loudly. That was punctuated with the sound of a hammer. What are they doing? 
You're seeing, right? They're nailing Jesus to the cross. I mean, they drove a huge nail through the lower right hand and fastened it to the cross. And then the left hand, and then two of them crossed his feet from the knees down. And one huge nail, they fastened his feet to the lower end of the cross. The blood came shooting out his feet, and then it ran out like a stream from his hands and his feet. Then they raised the cross and slammed it into the ground. Your body winced. They crucified him just like that. They nailed my Lord upon the tree and left him dying there. It was like a circus that morning, but this horrible, inhumane manner of execution, done with military precision, had great meaning. Can we talk now? Why? Why didn't his followers try to rescue him? Why didn't anyone from the crowd start to stone the soldiers? This man was innocent. And why didn't he protest? Tears rolled down his face, but he never said a word. It's as if he was guilty. But was he? This is where you come in. Yes, you and me. This is about Jesus and me and you. Jesus died for us. How? you ask. You and me and every human being, we were condemned from the moment we were born to an eternal future in hell because we simply were sinners. Jesus didn't want that, so he volunteered to come to earth to take our place. That required him to die a sacrificial death. This is it. The Bible said he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All of this was for us. His body had to be brutally mangled and pierced because our sins, all of them, were placed on Jesus. It is as if he was a lamb and he was placed on an altar. So he took our sins away. Then all of that blood flowing out from his head and his torso, his hands, his feet, and eventually from his side where they stabbed him with a spear, all of that was so his blood could wash away our sins, the stains of our sins, every trace of our sins, so that we could stand before God. That was what God required. His Father, he wanted us to be free from sins, clean from our sins. And here we are now, wearing the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness as if we have never sinned. You get it, don't you? Jesus died for you and for me and for everyone in the world. Now, go ahead and celebrate. Take communion, that bread and that wine. But this time you're celebrating this great event. Jesus wants us to do this as often as we can, simply in remembrance of what he did. And while you celebrate, my friend, be generous in your thanksgiving.